Blog Talk Radio. Model Radio. I'm your host, Shanice Lewis. Today is a Monday, September 1st. Happy Labor Day to everyone. Hope you enjoyed your three-day weekend. And our thoughts and prayers go out to our friends and families in the Gulf Coast region dealing with the Hurricane Gustav. We hope you are doing okay. But if you're able to tune in tonight, thank you for tuning in. I've got a great show lined up for you this evening. Joining us later in the show will be Plush's creator, Natalie Ferrara, and Plus model and actress, Mia Amber Davis. But up first is Marlena G. Marlena G. is a professional makeup artist with over 20 years of experience. With her tremendous talent and outgoing personality, she is consistently booked for beauty commercials, print campaigns, and red carpet events. In addition to being an exceptional makeup artist, she is also a certified instructor, licensed esthetician, and a certified image consultant. In 2007, she co-founded and launched Naked Mineral Cosmetics and is the official makeup artist for Long Beach Magazine. She brings so much knowledge to the table, so much more than your typical makeup artist, and today we're going to find out why. So let's welcome Marlena to the phone. Hey, Shanice. Hey, Marlena. How you doing? Get in there, breaking up my barbecue to talk to you, but it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it. <laughs> so you started your career as a makeup artist and fell into plus-size modeling. So tell us about your experience modeling. Yeah, I always tell people I really am one of the like original um, people or way back in the beginning of plus modeling when I didn't even know what it was. I was already doing makeup at a in Cleveland, Ohio, at the largest modeling school called John Casablanca's, and the runway teacher there is like, you know, you should be a plus model. And I'm like, what's, what's that? And mm-hmm. she was telling me it meant, you know, size 12 and up, and I'm like, are you calling me fat? <laughs> and I was kind of offended at first. <laughs> right. But then she introduced me to BBW Magazine, and I was really impressed with what I saw, and I thought, you really think I could do this? And next thing you know, I took pictures with the photographer. She, you know, brushed up my runway, and I was working um, pretty quickly, and the only reason I agreed to do it is I thought, hey, what a great way for me to maybe further my makeup career. But basically, as I was doing it, I was surprised at how badly I was being treated. And um, I was almost embarrassed by being a plus model. And then probably a year into it, I finally got really more determined to fight for the cause. Because I realized, you know what, we are the majority and we are the norm. And I really 
started becoming a part of the plus size revolution. And now, still put, us, that put us in the time frame. You say you, you were at the beginning. So what, what year did yeah, you start modeling? 87, probably like in 1987 on. And so um, the best example I can give you is like in Cleveland at the time, there was only two legitimate agencies. One of them wouldn't even represent plus. The other only had one plus size model. It took me one year to get into that agency because I would call religiously every two months saying, hey, do you need any more? Do you need any more? And then one time when I called in, literally on my lunch break, they're like, you're a plus model? I'm like, yes. They said, can you come in right now? And I did. And they had me on a job that night and signed me, and I, be- I became the one plus model for the agency because the other girl literally just quit. She was already booked solid, and they just threw me into the shark pool, <laughs> and there I was. Um, and I learned basically trial by fire, and it really was scary because I would show up on a job and be treated like a leper. They're like, oh, my God, like, what are you doing here? And you're so big, and, you know, they just would be so rude to your face, and you would just, you know, hold your head high. But it was hard because basically I would be on jobs with thin models, and I knew they were getting paid full day rates, and I wouldn't be getting paid at all. Um, or maybe they throw $200, maybe $500. And so I never understood how we were doing the exact same job, the exact same hours, but they did not feel they needed to pay the plus size. So from Cleveland, basically, I lucked out and went to this huge modeling convention competition where um, agents judge you, mm-hmm. and they didn't have a plus size category, so they threw me in with all the skinny models, and I was horrified, again, thinking this is not going to go well. But much to my surprise, they kept um, good commercial agents were very interested, but I kept saying, I'm not an actress, I'm a model. And so my goal was to get callbacks from agencies, and I thought, oh, I'm not going to get any callbacks, but I did. I actually got quite a few, and that's how I landed my Chicago agent. And uh, next thing you know, I'm now modeling out of Cleveland and Chicago. And my first lesson to all you models out there is you have to really have a great relationship with your agent because when I was sitting there at the callback with the Chicago agent, she was basically like, why should I talk to you? And I was like, uh, you called me, <laughs> you know, to come talk to you. Mm-hmm. She's, I've been trying to contact you for months, and you blew me off, and I had no idea what she was talking about. And I guess basically the Chicago agent contacted my Cleveland agent showing interest in me, and my Cleveland agent never even told me and went upon and talked on my behalf saying I'm not interested. So I almost oh. lost that way. And, of course, I went and talked to my Cleveland agent and kind of was like, you had no right to do that. And that's where you really need to have a good relationship open line of communication, know that they have your best interest at heart because they were afraid I would leave them to go to Chicago, but instead I worked between the two agencies. Um, And it was hard because you have to remember, I'm like, like, what, 19 years old, and I'm literally in clothes for, you know, 45, 50-year-old women. You know, they're trying to make me look older. So it was hard because it wasn't cute clothes, it wasn't cute makeup and hair, um, they didn't have fat suits back then, you know, so I had to do a lot of, okay, gain 20 pounds for this job, lose 15 pounds for that job. So I was doing horrible things to my body to fit the sizes and was starting to get sick. So, I mean, we really have come a long way. Since well, in your years. opinion, how has plus modeling changed over the last 20 years? God, when you say 20 years, I feel very old. <laughs> <laughs> the reality is um, I feel two huge aspects have changed. One for the good and one for the bad. The Mm -hmm. good is 
you know, there's plus boards in all the big agencies everywhere around the world now. So it's not one plus model. You know, they're huge boards, and they have a nice range of sizes. Um, I think that's wonderful, and more than that, you can actually have a career now as a plus model. I mean, you actually make money, you can travel, you know, you're treated with respect. Um, it's still a lot of um, we need to do, you know, for more awareness and more jobs, but the point is it's good now. The one thing that's bad in my mind is plus sizes are smaller. It's 20 years later, and the agencies are using smaller girls. You have to remember back in the day, um, I was barely a size 12, and straight models were size 6s and 8s. So that made sense. You know, a double of a 6 would be a 12, so I looked big compared to a size 6. Mm-hmm. Well, now if you take straight models who are, you know, zeros and double zeros, and you put a size 12, 14, or 16 next to them, they look way too big, so that's why they dropped the number down to size 8 and 10s as plus size. So in the fashion world, it kind of makes sense, but try to tell the real woman why a size right. 8 or a 10 is plus size, and it's hard, you know, it's not fair. So I almost feel like we've gone backwards in some ways and forward in others. So while being a makeup artist, you've also produced events and done motivational speaking. So tell us about some of your past projects and accomplishments. Well, like I said, in the beginning I was ashamed of being a plus model, and then along the way I got pissed off and said, you know what, (laughs) you're going to accept us because we're here to stay and we're not going anywhere. So I started a company with a a friend of mine, and we basically um, promoted only plus size. We did plus size modeling classes, plus size photo shoots, um, ended up producing a plus size event um, in 97 um, called Miss XL California. And I decided to do that because I was um, a city director for Miss USA in like seven cities in California, and I was a state makeup artist in three states for Miss USA. So I really knew how the whole pageant thing worked, and I was also the – like the stage manager for Miss Petite USA, and I traveled all over the country for them. And when I went looking for plus-size events, they were really small, you know, and they weren't Mm -hmm. run, you know, the way a normal event should be run. So straight out the gate, I mean, we got awesome sponsors. Like Ashley Stewart was a judge. My agent from Florida, L.A. was the judge, um, the editor of Essence Magazine, uh, you know, and Mother Love was our host. We had uh, 35 contestants straight out the gate. And And what year was this? 97. Okay. And I tried last century. <laughs> Talk about old. <laughs> and um, we were at the Westin Hotel in downtown Long Beach, and you know the girls all got to stay in their own room. And you know we had huge prize packages. Girls got signed by agents. But the thing I tried to do the most was I thought it was important to divide people by size because you know what I noticed at other plus events was the smaller girls always won. So right. I had a one division two, division three. So. You know, size 14, 16s were competed against 14, 16s, 18, 20s, and then 22 plus. Mm-hmm. Um, but much to my surprise and delight, um, we all we did um, title one overall winner. You know, did best across the board. Mm-hmm. It actually was a size 24. Oh. Um, so that was really that meant a lot to me. I'm like, wow. So people did notice, and you know, maybe we can make change. And um, but to be honest, it ended up becoming I burnt out because. Mm-hmm. I really had this mentality of let's work together. You know, if we all unite as one, we're more powerful as a as a team. Um, and I kept running into everybody wanting to be, you know, the king, and okay. everyone wanted the glory. And I kept saying, it doesn't matter, you guys. We have to unite because when we're together, there's more of us, and we have more strength in numbers. Mm-hmm. It really didn't happen, and much to my horror, there's actually a lot of size discrimination within 
the plus size movement. Um, mm -hmm. And that still exists today, unfortunately. So it's come a long way, but there's still a long way to go. So do you work mostly with plus size models and plus size projects, or do you do all different types of things? Oh, I do the, the skinny ones, too. I do a lot of actors and um, skinny models and plus. I must admit I prefer plus because the shoots are funner. The models have better personalities, and I always kid and say it's because they're eating. <laughs> you know, the skinny models are starving to death. And I'm sick of being on skinny shoots, to be honest, because, you know, I'm big. I'm much bigger than I've ever been in my life, and I'm the makeup artist. And you cannot be on a skinny shoot and there not be a topic of, oh, my gosh, I have to lose five more pounds. Oh, my gosh, have you tried the new diet? And, you know, they're so obsessed with their size and appearance, and it's like that's their whole world revolves around that. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of strange how... Well, some plus do it too now. Well, I mean, they do, but they are models and they need to obsess about their looks, you know, because it is your job to look good. But I'm talking about to the point where you can tell it probably interferes with their daily life because they're so consumed with, you know, did I gain an inch or did I gain a pound? And the, the point I was going to make is I've, I'm the largest I've ever been and I am more comfortable in my skin today because I see how these poor women torture themselves and I just wish women as a whole, skinny or plus, just, you know, guys, we've got to stop beating ourselves up and just accept the way you are, do the best you can do in the condition you're in right now, and just hold your head high and live your life. But don't, you know, don't hide behind the fat. And, you know, I don't like when people are like, oh, big is better. It's just like, you know, let's just <laughs> accept the way we are, period, all mm -hmm. sizes, all shapes. And, and beauty in everyone. Exactly. And that's, I think, the bigger message that, is not getting heard because everyone's always like, oh, big is beautiful. And, you know, big is beautiful, but so is thin. So mm -hmm. so to the aspiring models listening out there, tell us how important it is to hire a professional makeup artist for a photo shoot. You know you're asking a makeup artist, should they hire a makeup artist? <laughs> <laughs> but um, tell us why, why. Seriously, as as a model, it's critical that you hire a team for a photo shoot period. You know, you can be pretty, um, but if you don't have a good picture at the end of a shoot, that's, you know, that's the whole point. And a good picture consists of, you know, a good photographer with good lighting. The model provides good a good pose and attitude. And then that would also mean good makeup, good hair, and good clothing. It takes all of those components to make a good photo. And a lot of people in the beginning – they think, oh, you know, my cousin's dabbling in photography and I know how to do my makeup okay, and, and they think they, that'll work. But that's okay maybe to show up to show an agent, and if they like you, they might want you to test. But once you start doing professional tests, you really need to, um, you know, invest in it and do it right because it's going to be um, a better investment for yourself in the end. But also don't hire a team until you know you're ready. Like, maybe practice with your cousin before you invest in a really good photographer because there's two types of photographers out there, the ones that help you and the ones that don't care. And mm -hmm. the ones that help you, great, you'll get a good picture. But for the ones that don't care, they just want your money, you know, if that picture is in focus and, you know, you look like a deer in headlights and your hair looked like, you know, a Brillo pad and your makeup, you know, looked like disco fever, <laughs> they're not going to get your money back. And mm -hmm. I see a lot of models run into that too where they end up paying out the nose for something they can never use, and it's sad. Right. So besides um, 
being a makeup artist, you're also a licensed esthetician. So what tips do you have for models to take care of their skin? Hey, what is everyone and anyone who knows me, and I know they're all saying this in unison right now, no sun, no sun, no sun. I can't say this enough. Um, as an esthetician, I constantly see bad skin, and no sun for one reason. You know, it's, it causes premature aging faster than anything else, but the more important reason is not the aesthetic reason. It's the um, clinical reason, and that is the sun is ultraviolet radiation, and it will cause cancer. Cancer is at epidemic proportions in America. So even if you're not a sun worshiper going out in the sun intentionally, you need to wear sunscreen every day, period, amen. And um, the other two tips would definitely be um, exfoliation, exfoliate as often as possible without irritating the skin, and hydration. Those three tips, your skin will age well, look amazing, be at peak performance. But now, sun, does the, the no sun and sunscreen apply to dark skin as well? Absolutely. That is the hugest misconception that women of color think they can't burn. Well, it's harder for a dark skin to burn because the dark skin does protect you from a sunburn, but it doesn't protect you from the ultraviolet radiation. That's where the sunscreen comes in. UV means ultraviolet. You want to make sure it's a full spectrum, which means UVA and UVB, because one is the topical damage and one is the internal damage, which is cancer-causing, you know, so mm -hmm. sunscreen, without a doubt. So that's for everybody, all shades across the I board. Can't, I mean, ask my kid. I My daughter knows better than to leave the house on me dousing her in sunscreen and my husband. Does every day, just day to day? Absolutely. When you're sitting in your house, office light has um, ultraviolet rays. When you're sitting in your car, the most common side people catch skin cancer on is the driver's side. They tend to catch it on their ear, their neck, or their arm because it can be magnified through the glass. Um most the worst sunburns people ever get are on hazy days like today in California. It wasn't sunny today. It was totally overcast. So people think, oh, I won't bother to put sunscreen on. So they spend three times as long in the sun with no protection whatsoever. And then they wonder why they feel sick. Just I always the way I was kid is like just think of every time you're in the sun, it's like putting yourself in a microwave. You know, you're filling yourself full of toxic radiation, and the <laughs> the human body is not meant to absorb that. And hmm. so there's and moisturizers or sunscreen and foundations, you know, there's no reason you can't wear sunscreen and it not be greasy and slimy. You know, there's all kinds of beautiful sunscreens for the face, and it really should be a 15 is the absolute minimum, but I think it's better if you do a 30 or higher. Mm -hmm. The okay. people who wear, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you firsthand from celebrities, when you see a tanned celebrity, I guarantee my right arm, it is a spray tan. Celebrities avoid the sun like it's the plague because they know, they know it's going to make them age faster than anything else. Wow. Well, that's some good information. I learned something new today. I never <laughs> bought sunscreen in my life. Well, girl, I'll, be, I'll buy you some for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about your cosmetics line, Naked Mineral Cosmetics. Well, that's my baby. Um, me and my partner co-founded that about three years ago, and basically it's, you know, mineral has taken over the beauty industry, and we wanted to create a mineral makeup line that was pressed instead of loose because loose was too messy, and we really wanted to have an all-natural makeup line. Um, there's a lot of misconceptions, again, when it comes to mineral. Women assume if a line is a mineral makeup, the whole line is natural, 
when you really need to do your due diligence and read the label because the fact of the matter is it's usually the foundation that's natural and the rest of the line is full of the same um, carcinogenic ingredients. Um, a lot of people don't realize, like, the FD&C coloring and the late coloring are extremely toxic. Um, there's actually tar in mascara. Um, makeup is not good for you. And um, I must admit, I've only recently found this out when we were developing Naked Minerals. And um, it's kind of scary because everything you put on your skin, up to 50% of it can actually absorb through the surface. So even though the cosmetic companies will try to convince you, oh, it's, you know, the bad ingredient in minute amounts, but that minute amount used on a daily basis, let's say over 20 years, is definitely getting into the system. So if you've noticed, there's definitely a trend in the beauty industry as a whole going more holistic in skincare as well as makeup, and that's what Naked Minerals was about. Um, so besides being natural and good for you, which we like to coin the phrase healthy beauty, we also wanted to, I'm a little burnt out on the industry, <laughs> I hate to say it, you know, dealing with attitudes and egos and drama, and, you know, after 20 years, I'm just kind of like, you know what, I'm sick of having to kiss people's butts for a living, and, you know, and that sounds bad, but it's a big part of our job description is, oh, girl, you're so beautiful, you know, 24-7, <laughs> mm -hmm. and um, so I wanted to take the cosmetics and do something constructive, so... Um, we're actually paired up with a, um, an event that's a national event um, to bring awareness to diabetes, and Naked Minerals was just invited to become the official makeup of that event called Divabetics, and we're really honored that we're going to be a part of that because, you know, when we do those events, I did it two years in the row for L.A., and this year we were invited to finish the whole tour and nothing, it's different when you do someone's makeup and they start to cry because they say, I haven't felt pretty in years and you made me pretty. And versus, wow. you, oh, I don't like that lipstick. You know, it's just, it's a totally it's different. It's a difference. Mm-hmm. So that's what Naked Minerals is. So anything coming up we can be on the lookout for? Oh, well, well I just told you Divabetics. Um, for sure, go to divabetics.org. You know your event. I do this little shindig every year in Hollywood <laughs> called Love Your Body Day, which I absolutely love. And I'm actually going to fly back on the red eye for you to be there for my third year for you. All and right. And then, um, you know, makeup-wise, the current issue of Plus Model Mag, I'm very excited about a beauty editorial that's in there, which I absolutely love doing stuff for the magazine because – this is what needs to be out there, you know, plus size, looking edgy, looking sexy, being fashion forward. You know, plus size can do it just like the skinny models, and I love, love Plus Model Magazine for taking that risk and doing it, and people are loving it, and, you know, hopefully they're going to get people's attention and more people will do it, so I hope to keep doing stuff for them. And we have an episode on Janice Dickinson, the modeling agency, coming up, which um, I'm not sure when it's airing, but that should be coming soon. That's a couple fun things coming up as well. Yeah, lots of great things happening. And Long Beach Magazine, too, right? Yeah, I've been the makeup artist for them only for since um, February. And that's always fun because they do a lot of um, local stuff. And it's just, it's a beautiful magazine. And I get to do the cover every month and meet a lot of great people. And um, yeah, so that's another fun job. That's just one of my normal clients of many. So tell us your website and how we could go about booking you. Um. Well, I tend to go through MySpace, and I know people out there are probably laughing because everyone knows I'm old school. I always say all this technology drives me crazy, <laughs> but I'll eventually get to MySpace, which is um, the forward slash M-A-R-L-E-N-E-G, or it's Makeup by Marlena G. 
um, would be the MySpace, um, or you can email me, and that takes me a while too, at marlena at nakedminerals.com. Well, cool. And you, and if somebody's interested in booking you, they definitely need to get you in advance because your schedule is always packed. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Please, I mean, some you can call me in every blue moon. You know, I can rearrange stuff. Um, but yeah, definitely give me at least a couple weeks because I'm usually booked pretty solid. Well, good. I'm so happy I got a chance to interview you on the show. I'm very happy that you asked, Shanice, and um, it was a lot of fun. And all you plus models out there, you know, keep fighting the cause because we need you. You guys are beautiful. Um, you know, there's such good role models out there. They're smart. They're not just beautiful. They're professional. Um, the, the, a lot of the plus models I've been working with, I'm just really impressed with the caliber of their professionalism. And I'm talking compared to, like, even, like, bigger actresses and stuff that I work with, the plus models are really just they're really on the ball and really representing us as a whole well not you know and i mean that from the bottom of my heart well good well thank you for being with us this evening and i'll definitely talk to you soon all right girls thanks <laughs> happy labor day uh you too bye so that was marlena g um fabulous makeup artist she probably done all the makeup on all the pictures you've seen on my website and page. Just fabulous. Love her to death. So if you ever get a chance to hire her to do your makeup, you definitely don't want to miss that opportunity. Now, up next is Natalie. Natalie Ferreira is a singer-songwriter and the creator and driving force behind Plushes which is a plus-size collective that always features the hottest plush chicks in the industry. As a matter of fact, Plushes is responsible for Plus Model Radio's theme song, I'm Real, that you hear at the beginning of each show. Today we're going to learn about the woman behind the music as well as what's next with Plushes. So let's give a warm welcome to Natalie. <laughs> Hello, Shanice. How are you? Hi. Now, did I pronounce your last name right? You did, Floro. Yeah. It's okay. Italian. <laughs> okay. I was nervous. <laughs> no worries. It's so good to hear your voice. And thank you for joining us this evening. Thank you. So you're originally from the West Coast and started off as a plus-size model. So tell us about your modeling career. Well, um, I actually, uh, modeling's kind of been in my family, only um, everyone in my family is thin. So my sister um, was a classic model, I guess we call them classic models, um, and she'd been in a lot of really cool magazines. And so I really grew up just, you know, wanting to be a model like my sister. But I, being plus size, you know, you know, being a fat kid, you know, wasn't, didn't really seem to be an option. Um, so... Uh, Probably when I was about 22, 23, um, she said to me that there was a you know huge um, need for plus size models, and she was the one that actually um, told me about it and got me involved. Mm -hmm. And I went to um, Look Agency in San Francisco. Um, they took me right away, and I started working for Mervyn's Catalog. <laughs> oh, okay. Very unglamorous start, but it was fun. It got me a lot of experience. Um, and then had a, had a really good career in San Francisco, did a lot of fit modeling, a lot of print work, a lot of lingerie work. I kind of did a little bit of everything because there was really only maybe five of us that were working on a regular basis, you know, in but San Francisco. But you don't have that anywhere online, huh? Because I've never seen those pairs before. <laughs> I know. I 
I've I've never yeah I've never put my portfolio online. I should do that. <laughs> Blast from the past. Yeah, it'll, it'll be cool just to see. Yeah, those are fun. Really fun times. I definitely have a a really fun portfolio. I worked with some really great photographers. So yeah, I'll definitely do that. So why did you move um, to New York, and was that a hard transition? Um. Well, I did a I did a photo shoot for Mervins with Barbara Brickner. Um, and had a really great time with her. We spent a lot of time together. We kind of, you know, connected. And she said she was from New York. And I started noticing that a lot of girls um, that I was working with um, were being flown in from other cities, like being flown in from New York or being flown in from Miami. Um, and so when I asked Barbara, you know, about it, she said, oh, sure. I mean, like, you know, San Francisco girls don't get shipped out. Like, nobody goes to New York from San Francisco. But if you're in New York, you know, they'll fly you other places. So that was kind of what planted the seed to come to New York. Um, and so you moved to New York specifically for modeling? Yeah, in the beginning, um, because, you know, I was I was a full-time model in San Francisco, and I, I, I figured why not just keep going with it. And the, my agency was cool to hook me up with an agency here in New York, and originally that was what I was going to do when I moved here was just, you know, transfer over and just start modeling in New York. So when did you decide to pursue music professionally? How did this change come about? Well, um, actually, I've always been a musician. I never thought of modeling as a possibility until that the day my sister kind of woke me up to what was going on. So I, honestly, I never even thought about the plus-size industry. I was going to be a musician. Um, so I had been doing music since I was about 12 um, in the, like, you know, local circuits, you know, you know, cover bands. I was doing I was doing music for a long time. So but yeah, I kind of did forget about it for a little while while I was doing the plus modeling and when I moved to New York, I had I had gained a lot of weight. Like I started out modeling as like a size 14, 12 mm-hmm. and then um had become like a, you know, 18, 20 and mm-hmm. and you know, when 18's good for fit modeling, but I wasn't getting as much work anymore. So um I guess music just came up naturally because it you know it's what I've always done so tell us about some of your accomplishments in music uh well back in California you know I did a lot of um cover bands and I I was in a salsa band and I did whatever I could get my hands on Mm -hmm. um did a lot of um you know community theater Broadway so I kind of did a little bit of everything when I came to New York uh, was the first time that I really started working with producers, though, and really started doing a lot of studio recording. I worked with a lot of um, electronic producers, doing a lot of trip-hop. Um, so I actually had a, a band for a long time called Scorba, and um, our album is still on online for digital download, and that was a really fun project. And uh, then I was actually in the Glamazons first stint. That was really fun, kind of doing some... I did it more in the early days when it was more burlesque. Um, and then did a lot of stuff with Latin producers, um, did a lot of Latin rock, which I really enjoyed, uh, and then started Plushes. <laughs> so to our listeners that may not be familiar, what is Plushes? Um, well, Plushes is a is a plus-size pop collective. That's what I like to call it. It's uh, It's basically the manifestation of all of the cool friendships that I've made since I've been in the plus size industry. I've met all these really cool women that they don't just model like Barbara Brickner sings 
you know, Ivory May sings. These are all like plus size supermodels, but they, you know, they have other talents that, you know, you don't really think of pursuing because you're kind of busy, you know, going to go sees. So plus just kind of came from that. Um, I had met some really cool plus size girls when I first came to New York, started just asking them to sing some of the piano music that I did. Um, and then at a party one day, we met some cool um, Brooklyn producers that asked if we wanted to start a like a pop girl group or a pop collective. So that's kind of how it started. <laughs> so Plushes doesn't have a set group of members? No, it's like Menudo. <laughs> well, explain, because I, I don't know Menudo. <laughs> oh, you don't know? Okay, so in the in the 80s, they had uh, Menudo, that little little 13-year-old uh, cute Latin boys, you know, and they mm-hmm. would sing in Spanish and English. And mm-hmm. then when the boys would get too old, they would kick them out and find new boys. So I always tell the girls, oh. if you lose too much weight, I'll kick you out and find... <laughs> <laughs> if you dip below a 12, you're not pleasures anymore. So <laughs> come back. Got it. So are you always before. looking for people to join? Yeah, I think naturally that's just me. I'm I'm kind of a connector, a networker. So I meet girls online all the time. And so I think it's just natural for me to want to be communal and say, why don't you come into the studio? Why don't we sing together? Why don't we try to write a song together and see what happens? Um like, like I met, I, that's how I met Persia on MySpace and didn't even know who she was, didn't know she'd been on the White Rapper show, just thought she was pretty, liked that she rapped, asked her to come into the studio, <laughs> and that's, you know, so that's kind of just naturally how things evolve. So do you find it hard to break into the music business as a plus-size woman? Um, you know, honestly... Plushes has never been in front of labels yet. Like, we haven't done, like, the label executive role. Like, we haven't been shopped yet. Mm-hmm. So all the success that we've had so far has been... Ground root. Absolutely grassroots. Absolutely, you know, me being online every day, meeting girls, doing local gigs, um, you know, working with musicians. So, you know, I'd have to say no, because... Everywhere I go, we're welcomed with open arms. I have never sat in front of uh, a label executive and had them say, you know, sorry, you're too fat, you know, for pop music, or you can't be on TRL, you're not allowed. So that that hasn't happened to me yet. And um, Do you anticipate that coming, though, when you are shopped? You know, honestly, I'm, I don't think so. I don't think that way. Um, I've always been kind of a charmed person when it comes to, or a blessed person when it comes to, my experiences with my music, I feel like people uh, hear the music or hear my heart and respond to it. So I've yet to really come up with some, like, I think the only obstacles that, that I've come up with in the music industry has really been either me or surrounding myself with maybe people on my team that that don't totally believe that a fat girl could do it. So if, if anything, my obstacles come with, you know, having to maybe, like, reassign the people that are around me, maybe say, mm-hmm. look, you're maybe you're not seeing my vision and maybe this isn't going to work out. But, you know, those are really the the real obstacles. So saying that, what advice would you give to a plus-size woman wanting to start a career in entertainment, whether it's modeling, singing, whatever? You know, I read a really good book um, that Cameron Mannheim wrote called Wake Up, I'm Fat. And um, she I, the whole premise of the book was that she had turned 30 and she was still fat. And she said... I'm not going to wait anymore. Like, I'm not going to wait until I lose weight to start my career, which is, you know, what most of us do. Most of us are like, 
you know, especially with, you know, with me, I mean, I've, I've been approached by directors that want to do, you know, a video for Plushes, and they've said, I'll totally shoot this video if you lose, like, 30 pounds, you know. Really? And I've had to be like, yeah, I'm not really going to work with you because that's not, doesn't go with the mission statement of Plushes. So, um, so I think the best advice that I can give is the same advice that Cameron Mannheim wrote in the book, and that is, first, to grow where you're uh, planted. Like, wherever you're at right now, you know, you have a unique voice and you have to make it work. I think it's not as important these days to be like this pop diva, like every, you know, you don't have to be the next Beyonce. People are kind of tired of that, I think. Um, uh, and also, Cameron Mannheim, I also think um, what was really interesting about her career that I try to mimic is that she found uh, people to work for her that really believed in her. She found a manager that actually went out and got her interviews for roles that were meant for men mm. because she, they were thinking outside the box, like, how are we going to get you? And that's how she got the role on the practice. Was, um, it was originally a, a man's role, and she, they had her audition for it. So I think being creative, mm. really seeking out your unique voice and realizing that you have a unique product to, to sell um, is the most important thing, most important advice. So do you have anything coming up we can be on the lookout for? Absolutely. Oh my gosh, so much is happening. Um well, we have a blog. You can you can go to the blog that I write every day, almost every day. I'm I'm writing at plushes.com. Um and it's it's more a blog not just about the plus size industry because there's a lot of great like Joy Nash's Fat Rant. There's some really great blogs out there that really talk about, you know, the plus size industry. I do mention it. I talk about it a lot, but I also talk about um, you know, being a plus size girl in New York, being a plus, you know, it's it's more of of a journal. It's a little bit political. It's, you know, has a lot of interesting information about books that I like that I'm reading that might have to do with, you know, being plus size like Cameron Manheim's Wake Up I'm Fat or the Obesity Myth. So, it's a fun blog. I really enjoy it. It's well-rounded. Um, you can also check out the store on plushes.com. Um, there's a line of jewelry on there right now that I just made with Amazon Barbie, with Lisa from Amazon Barbie. Um, totally cute little um, plus signs made out of wood and shellac and their earrings and necklaces, really cute stuff. And, and, and we're going to be going on tour. We're going to be in, uh, in California um, in October. We'll be in San Francisco at the end up uh, for uh, a launch party, and we'll also be down at Love Your Body Day with you. Yay. <laughs> Which I'm excited about. It's, it'll be my first year there. Yes, well, we're excited to have you. So let us know your website and where we can hear your music. Yeah, you can you can definitely check out the music um, at plushus.com. It's P-L-U-S-H-U-S.com. Um, and there you can hear the music. You can, you know, Everything that's really happening is there. You could also go to our MySpace page. Um, I like to say you can join the Plushes Army on MySpace. If you go to myspace.com forward slash Plushes, um, you can hear the music. You can join the Army. You can talk to me. Um, there's some really interesting stuff. You can also get in touch with a lot of the other girls that are in the collective because they're always on our top 40. And you can hear your song at the beginning of every Plus Model radio show, too. Exactly. Yeah, that was that was a really great opportunity. Thank you so much for for using that song. Well, thank you for giving us a wonderful theme. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, it was such a pleasure talking with you this evening. Thanks, Shanice. You're great. And continued success on all of your music and everything else you're pursuing. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.
So that was Natalie with Plushes. Make sure you go to their MySpace page and listen to their songs. They have some great music, so make sure you pl- uh, make sure you support all the women in the plus size community and their various projects. So last but definitely not least is Mia Amber Davis. Mia began her career as an intern, then production assistant for several television shows such as Ricky Lake, Showtime at the Apollo, Def Comedy Jam, VH1, Hard Rock Live, and many others. Mia soon became a producer and went on to produce several pilots and dating shows and the dating show Change of Heart. Most recently, Mia was the senior booking producer for the Star Jones Show on Court TV. While producing, an acting opportunity presented itself, and Mia first onto the silver screen as Rhonda, the full-figured co-ed in the DreamWorks feature film Road Trip. With the success of Road Trip, Mia landed her first magazine cover and went on to model for Monique C., Queen Latifah for Curvation, Abby Z., Lane Bryant, and many others. So let's give a warm welcome to Mia. Thank you so much. You sounded pretty good, huh? <laughs> Sounds pretty nice. <laughs> that is really good. How you doing, Mia? I'm great. How are you? Good. So your career in entertainment started behind the scenes as a producer. Yes. So when you started out, did you have aspirations of being in front of the camera and use that to get your foot in the door? Um, actually, no. Basically, what happened was I've been on stage since I was about three years old. I was a dancer. Um, and then I got to be about six feet tall. <laughs> so the dancing kind of went out the window. I went to college on a full basketball scholarship. Did you? Yes, I did. And by the winter of my freshman year, my knees were gone. Oh, you had injuries? I was done, yes. Finished basketball career over and out. So I had to think of something else to do. I went into student government, um, and then I decided through student government that I had, I always knew, people say I'm bossy. I call it leadership ability. (laughs) So (laughs) I used that. I was like, you know what, if I can, you know, focus things on campus, maybe I can focus things outside the campus when I graduate. So I focused my everything on an internship for Ricky Lake. I put all my eggs in one basket, and I got that internship. And from there, I went on to do other things at the show, which led me to be a producer. But I did not think there was a spot for me in front of the camera. I had never seen anyone like me in front of the camera. Emmy was the first person I had seen of size be recognized for her beauty and her talent. Mm -hmm. So I did not start out with the intentions of being on camera at all. I didn't think that it was possible for me. As much as I love television, as much as I'm obsessed with commercials and sitcoms and old 70s shows, I didn't think there was a place for me on camera, so I just focused on creating television. So your big break in acting came from your role as Rhonda on the Mm -hmm. movie Road Trip. Mm -hmm. So tell us about that experience, and are you still pursuing acting? Definitely. I'm still pursuing acting. Rhonda, um, I got an email from a fellow producer at Ricky Lake at the time saying they were looking for, there was a nationwide casting search going on for a woman, and they they told me what the breakdown was, you know, physically, what she had to look like. And we were trying to think of anyone that we knew that we might be able to help submit for this role. And I said, you know what, I can do that myself. 
I didn't care that, you know, I had to be in my underwear and I was a size 24 at the time. I was like, you know what? I've never seen a character like this. I've never seen anyone play anyone like Rhonda. So I said, let me do it myself. I got an audition. I got called back. And literally two weeks from the date of that email, I was in Atlanta filming my scenes. Now, had you done acting prior to this role? No. Not at all. So you didn't even have a headshot and resume? I didn't have anything. They told me to take a Polaroid of myself and send it over. So I messengered a Polaroid of myself over. Well, that was just meant to be. It, well, the only audition I'd had prior to that, I was very young, and the Cosby Show had an open casting call in New York. And I got called back to be one of Vanessa's friends on the Cosby Show. Oh. And at that audition, it was so horribly wrong that I just never even thought that I had a chance making it. it I was so nervous. I could feel my heart beating through my chest. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, suppose I see Theo, what am I going to do? <laughs> and funny. I just never looked back after that. So through your exposure and road trip, modeling opportunities presented them, themselves to you. And before that, had you considered being a plus-size model? No, not. I mean, I got really lucky with Road Trip. Road Trip, uh, Rhonda got so much exposure because, like I said, she had, she was like a femme fatale. No one had seen a size 24 woman as a seductress on screen. Mm-hmm. And although the character was written to be made fun of, it ended up being kind of sweet. It was two people who kind of didn't belong, and they found each other. Mm-hmm. And so Bell Magazine had offered me a feature, excuse me, a feature story and a cover. And prior to that, you know, as a size 24, I did not think that I could be a model. Like so I said, around that. So did you know that, about plus size modeling or anything? Emmy. Emmy was it. She was the only person I had ever heard of that was a plus model. But what about Queen Latifah? She wasn't popular back then? She was popular, but she wasn't modeling. She wasn't the Queen Latifah that we know today. Oh, she, she was rapping. She wasn't the triple threat. Right. She was a rapper. And now she's a triple threat. She can do mm-hmm. anything. And she's actually one of my mentors, but you know, one of my role models in the industry, rather. But back then, she was just rapping. So Emmy was the one that that really got you interested. When I first saw it, when I opened that People magazine, I I didn't turn the page for like 10 minutes. I just sat there staring at it. I don't know if you remember the photo of Emmy in that. She was just stunning. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what is a plus model? I had already, you know what, I didn't put two and two together. I was a really big fan of Bell magazine. I had all the issues of Belle. I had Lisa Scott's covers. I had Sharon Quinn's covers. I just never put two and two together that this is something I can actually do. So after you got the first opportunity with Belle magazine and you, Mm -hmm. you know, got interested, what was your biggest obstacle getting started? My weight. I I had gone up to a size 26. Mm -hmm. And... um, There was absolutely, I was getting turned down left and right. I went to agencies. I was like, look, I have this movie coming out. I really think it's going to be big, or I really want to be a model. What do I have to do? And a few, uh, two really well-known agencies in New York told me, if you can come down to at least a size 20, come back to me, and I will work with you. So that was my motivation, but I didn't do anything about it. Flash forward two years from that point, and I had a major car accident. And I was a size 26 during that accident, and the EMTs were having trouble pulling me out of the car because I was much bigger than they were. 
And all I kept saying was, I'm sorry for being fat, I'm sorry for being fat, I'm sorry for being so heavy, when they were trying to pull me out of the car. And at that moment, during my recovery, you know, I had broken bones. I I was stuck in South Carolina for a while um, recovering from that. I decided that I was going to not live my life with any regrets. I was going to go for what I really wanted, and what I really wanted was to be a model. I really wanted to finish pursuing my dream. I wanted to see how it all ended. So I got myself together. I lost 90 pounds. I came back to New York, and a month later, I was working with Ashley Stewart. So speaking of Ashley Stewart, mm-hmm. you won the Great Woman of Style model search. Is that how you got your foot in the door with Ashley Stewart? I'm so glad you asked me that because that's a popular misconception about me. I did not. I never entered a contest for Ashley Stewart. I saw, you know how you go to the mall and you see they're having a fashion show at the mall? Mm-hmm. I saw signs that Ashley Stewart near me had closed down for renovations. And I saw signs that they were having a grand reopening and an in-store fashion show. So I wrote down the number that was on the flyer, and I called it. And I said, um, are you looking for models for your fashion show? Mm-hmm. And I went down there with about 10 of my friends, and they used us as the models for the show. I did not know it at that time, but every single person from Ashley Stewart's administration, from Urban Brands, was there that day. Mm-hmm. And um, at the end of the day, festivities, I got a phone number, a business card from the marketing director who told me to give her a call. I called her two weeks after that, and I was offered a campaign. And so they just put you as a great woman of style anyway because that was a campaign they had ongoing? Well, Ashley Stewart's models are considered great women of style. Oh. So it's not, you know, um, the models that Ashley Stewart uses are women that they hold in high esteem. I felt very blessed and very lucky to be and fortunate to be um, working with them. They're one of my favorite clients, and they truly believe in their products and the things. They stand behind their image and what they sell. Okay, so my next question, I don't know if it applies now because I was going to say, how did you flip that into more modeling gigs with the company? But they picked you. They were already interested in you. Yeah, but, I mean, it's with any job, you have to go and be professional and be yourself. And I told them, it was very clear to them, I said, look, this is my very first professional photo shoot. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> right. But I, you know, being um, coming from a production background, I had some set decorum, you know what I mean? I didn't bring a bunch of friends with me to set and act crazy and talk about the clothes and the hair and the makeup and stuff like that, things that models should never, ever do because we're not paid for opinions, you know what I mean? Right. So it was just, it's just being myself, and thankfully um, I've been with them for many years. And through your experience, tell the models listening how important it is to be professional and how important networking is within the industry. Oh, my goodness. Being professional, professionalism is key. It's key. I've been on sets where I cannot believe how some of the girls were acting, like bringing boyfriends with them, bringing pets with them, um, complaining about their hair, their makeup, complaining about the client's clothing, complaining about the products, complaining about the photographer, complaining about the food. You don't complain. You don't complain. You're grateful that. that you have an opportunity. Oh, my goodness. There's girls there that would, there's girls in this world that would pay to be in your position, and you're getting paid to be in your position, and you're unhappy about it. 
Right. That's just incredible to me. But professionalism is key. Whether you're being paid or not being paid, if you accept a job, your job is to be a model, a professional model, no matter what. Networking, this is kind of tricky because a lot of people, especially in New York, you see flyers all the time for fashion shows and parties and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Personally, I feel that networking is done during business hours. Okay. And and if it's a party, it's an after-work cocktail party or an after-work event, you're there for a couple of hours at the max, getting to know who you... Because business people are not out all times at night right. partying. Not you know? the they got stuff going on. Exactly, because they have to be there the next day, bright and fresh, just like you should be, ready to go on a call if you get that call from your agency telling you you haven't worked for that day. You know, you can't tell them, oh, I was out all night. I can't go in that casting today. So you think all the night activities is just for fun and to make friends but not necessarily business? For me, myself personally, that is how I see things. I don't really, anybody who knows me knows I don't really go out that much. I go to friends' birthday parties and things like that. But networking, I do. I do during business hours or immediately following business hours. I don't believe in those model calls that say model call from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. after party immediately following. You know what I mean? You've right. seen, I know you've seen those flyers. Yeah, that's not the, the caliber of work you're looking for. No. If you want to be a professional, you have to act professional and demand that you be treated like a professional. Good advice. So tell us about working with Jill Scott and the butterfly bra. Oh, my goodness. I told, I like, I know she was tired of me. I sounded like a broken record. I was like, Jill, this is possibly one of the greatest experiences in my entire life. Ashley Stewart and Jill Scott created the Butterfly Bar for people who don't know. Um, you can go on AshleyStewart.com and take a look at it if you have never heard of it. If you haven't, shame on you because it's a great product. The Butterfly Bar is, um, do you have one? Not yet. It's awesome. It really is awesome. It's, it's, it uplifts. It's comfortable. I've worn it for months at a time, and I have no complaints about it. People really stop me in the streets like, how is the bra really? It's really great. And that's not as a paid person. That's as a full-figured woman. But um, we went on a national tour to tell women across the country about the butterfly bra. And um, it was Ashley Stewart and Jill Scott sponsored by Essence Magazine. And we went to uh, Texas, Philly, D.C., um, Indiana, Chicago, L.A. It was an awesome experience. I got to meet so many women. And, and you like, were on the commercial for it. I saw you on TV. Yes. I was, it's been a blessed year. It's been a really blessed year. We did the commercial for it. They shot an editorial for it. Um, it's getting a lot of exposure, and it really is a good product. People should know that Jill Scott is the real thing. Like, seriously, she does not put her name or image on anything that she doesn't stand behind. She's not one of those people who does something to make money. And, yeah, we love Jill Scott. I love gotta her. go get one of those bras myself. Really? And, if, I mean, I know that some people are like, well, you have to order it online. You can't go try it on. There oh, some, it's not in the store? It's not physically in the store. There are some flagship stores around the country, like here in New York. The store on 125th Street has the bras. You can go in and try it on. But oh. Ashley Stewart is, like I said, they stand behind their um, their garments. So if you order it online and you don't like it, they'll give you your money back. Got it. 
also you're also the creative editor at large for Plus Model Magazine. So tell yes. us what does that mean, and what do you do <laughs> with the magazine? Well, as creative editor, I've um, been working with Maddie and Valerie to come up with new things to bring new eyes to the magazine and new creative concepts, new things to get people interested and to hopefully guide careers of or jumpstart careers of aspiring plus models. For instance, this month, this is something new that we're doing. I don't know if you've had a chance to read the magazine yet because it's only been out less than 24 hours, but we're asking all aspiring plus models who've had difficulty getting their foot in the door. Like if you've gone to open calls, you've gone to castings, you keep submitting your pictures, but you're not getting anywhere with them, to send us photos of yourself that you leave at castings. So maybe we can tell you why you're not getting called back. So will that um, critique be public in the magazine? Yeah, we, we put it on there. We put it on the page in the magazine. You know, make sure that the pictures that you're sending you're proud of because you might be selected to be critiqued in the magazine. So, we're, I mean, we're hoping that women really stand behind their photos because if you're leaving them at castings and you're leaving them at agencies trying to get representation or trying to get booked for a job, these are photos you should be proud of. And it'll be a panel of people um, looking yes. at them or just you? No, it's not me. It's um, a panel of industry insiders. We will have agents. We will have people who can tell you honestly what the issue is. It might not be you as a person. It might be the photos that you're leaving behind that don't say anything about you. Well, that would be some valuable information for somebody that's trying to get their foot in the door. Yeah, I really we thought so. So we're hoping that we get a lot of submissions, and we're hoping that we end up really helping uh, women and aspiring models and helping them in the way that they submit themselves to work. We're all in this thing together. It's not about one person or two people running the industry. It's about all of us, whether you've made it, quote-unquote, or whether you're trying to come up. It's all of us. We're all in this together. That's right. So do you have anything coming up we can be on the lookout for? Yes, I do. Um, It's been a really great year. I have a couple of things that, Anybody, all my friends know I don't talk about anything I've done until I've actually, anything I'm doing until I've actually done it. Mm-hmm. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed for a couple of pro- projects that maybe we can talk about another time. Okay. Right now I'm currently in the Ashley Stewart Fall Campaign in stores and on AshleyStewart.com and the Butterfly Bra Campaign. I also have an editorial coming out in Figure Magazine. I believe it's this month, September. Oh, Mia! Yay! I'm excited. <laughs> I have a cup. Thank you. I have a couple of interviews um, in the current issue of Plus Model Magazine, and I am going to be featured on an upcoming issue for Plus Model Magazine on the Janice Dickinson Modeling Agency. Right. And so that, that's probably a whole other interview. That's a whole other bag of worms. Dude, do you know when that show is airing yet? I'm not sure. I'm not sure when it's airing, but I definitely keep you posted. And I'm also going to continue traveling the country, speaking to women, trying to um, motivate aspiring plus models and just women of size to go for their dreams and live it out. It's not up to anyone to dictate to you what your dreams should be. It's up to you to decide what you want to be and go after it. So tell us your website and how we can book you for a job. Um, if you email me at hi Mia Amber at AOL.com or on my MySpace page, I can give you my booking information. I'm with the Goddess 
the model service agency in New York, the goddess division. And um, for commercials or speaking engagements, I have other representations. So you can email me at hi, Mia Amber, H-I-M-I-A-A-M-B-E-R at AOL.com or my MySpace page. So stop by. If you're not my friend, let's be friends at MySpace.com slash Mia, M-I-A underscore Amber.com. Well, Thank you for joining us. I know you got to wake up early in the morning, so yes, thank ma'am. you for staying up. <laughs> and I'm so proud me. of you and all your accomplishments. You go, thank girl. You, who, who am I talking to? You're the one I'm trying to keep up with you. <laughs> girl, please. Please. We're all in this together. Everybody brings somebody, you know? That's right. That's right. Well, have a good night. Happy Labor Day, and I'll thank talk you to you soon. Thank you. Continued success, Sister Soldier. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Good night. Bye. Bye. So that was me, and she has a lot of great things coming up, so definitely going to be on the lookout for that uh, editorial in Figure Magazine. That's awesome. So thank you to all of our fabulous guests this evening, Marlena G., Natalie Ferreira, and Mia Amber Davis. Tune in to our next show, which is scheduled for Monday, September 15th, and we'll have more plus industry professionals with stories to not only inspire you but to keep you connected. For more information about the show, go to our website at www.plusmodelmag.com and click on the Plus Model Radio icon. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, email us at guest at plusmodelmagazine.com to submit. I've been your host this evening, Shanice Lewis. Thank you for tuning in and supporting Plus Model Radio. Until next time, keep thriving in your curves and be blessed. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.